Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again this week, I'm joined by Alex Moreland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics, who will make sure you're getting maximum enjoyment from your telly time. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Alex talks to us about The Power, new to Amazon Prime this weekend. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Stephen tells us about our friends in the North, proper old school drama coming your way. But first, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. I'm still peeling myself off the ceiling from uh, the return of Succession. Of course. Hi, Alex and Stephen. What have you both been watching lately? Alex, do you want to go first? Uh, so I finished Shrinking, which oh, good. I've been on about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that more at the end because it just kind of completely abandoned all of the bits I didn't like at the start. So that was okay. good. Yep. Um, I've been watching a lot of 30 Rock, which uh, re-watching it. I think that's yep. kind of the best of sort of that era of comedies. Um, enjoying that a lot. And I went to the cinema recently. First Ooh. time this year, which is kind of weird. Um, well. I know, yeah, normally it's more, but just haven't for a while. Uh, yeah. And I went to see Rye Lane, which I really enjoyed and would recommend to all of our listeners. I have known nothing about this film. What's, what What is this film? So it's what like, it it's, it's a sort of rom-com, which is kind of vaguely before Sunrise-esque in that it's these two people who sort of meet and they go on a walk and and, and then they kind of fall in love and so on. But, um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I really like the two leads in it, David Johnson and Vivian Opara. Um, mm-hmm. David Johnson was in Industry, uh, which okay. is, yeah, which we've spoken about. It was good. Um, I was reliably informed afterwards that it was a good date movie, which I can't speak to. I was to, just about to say where I you want to date. I can <laughs> say that it's a very good third wheel movie. Um, so, there you go. There's a glimpse at my personal life. Damn it. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. no, it was good. Would recommend. Very good. Sounds time. nice and uh, a nice easy watch. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. What about you, Stephen? What have you been watching? Well, I've been watching um, Blue Lights, the Northern oh, Irish yes, police drama, because uh, I wanted to watch something a bit more sort of current. How many episodes? I I, I managed um, just the first one. How many have you seen? Um, yeah, I, I watched the first one just to have something to sort of watch that was relevant and that's out now. And I was like, oh, this is really, really, really good. So I watched all of it over like two days, um, six hour long episodes. You've watched all of it um, now? <laughs> binge yeah. it. You're hilarious. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch something now for a change and then just binge the hell out of it. Well, good on you. Yeah, it's made me, made me want to watch Happy Valley because yeah. BBC cop dramas tend to be pretty good and yeah. yeah this is really good like i've been to belfast a few times really like the city and the history of the place mm-hmm. and this was a sort of slightly different look at it in the sense of it was coming from the you know police and criminal worlds and like organized or semi-organized crime and the sort of drug underworld um following three um like new police officer recruits on a probationary period as they're trying to like become mm. permanent staff mm-hmm. as they're guided along by three senior police um, and they come up against sort of the hierarchy of power within the police force and um, 
difficulties in trying to help a community that also sort of despises them. Yeah. Um, really, really good, relatively unknown cast. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the main um, cast is from Game of Thrones. He played uh, Beric Dondarrion. And I was watching it, I was thinking, who is this guy? Yeah. And then, um, I woke up one day and I was like, oh, he's Beric Dondarrion from Game of Thrones. So yeah, it's Richard um, Dormer. I looked him up this morning because he was in uh, The Rig as well recently. And how was he? he's getting around actually at the moment. But he's a great, he's a quite a, yeah, he's probably the best known face in a bar. Maybe I think John Lynch is in it, who is like, uh, you know, Hollywood actor at times. Sorry, go on. So yeah, yeah. So it's different, isn't it? It's kind of more nuanced than, than some cop dramas. Yeah, and it's paced really well. Um, each episode was like really good in its own right. One of the episodes is quite interesting, does something a bit different narratively. Mm. There's sort of a break from the other other six, other five, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was just a really really watchable really good police drama and it feels like a limited series like i don't think they would go back for season two mm. which is in some ways a shame because like when you want to get six episodes it's and it's really good you want more but it felt maybe they'll do like that Grey's anatomy thing where they bring in new recruits every series yeah, rather maybe, than continuing maybe. with the with the three recruits we have this time i thought what was good was you know often in these crime dramas the cops are like heroes you know they're like impervious mm. and they're just like steel you know ner nerves of steel and tough and they can fight and all this stuff whereas this very much was like these were just like kind of real people and you could see their struggles and like there's there's one scene in the first episode where one of them gets punched in the face and she, it completely knocks her out and she pukes and everything and then she can't yeah. get up to rescue her partner and who's getting the shit kicked out of her as well and it's like it seems a hell of a lot more realistic than a, than what you would normally see um, in these kind of cop dramas where they just get like, even in like Happy Valley where Catherine gets like smacked in the face, but she's grand, you know, she's fine. She just keeps going, you know, this Terminator kind of um, yeah. character. So I thought I thought it was really good as well. And I was kind of surprised because I hadn't really heard that much about it. And then I heard something briefly on the radio about it yesterday. And I thought I'm going to check that Blue Lights thing out. And I really enjoyed it as well. So, yeah. So that's you, Stephen, hooked on to new stuff now, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that was me, Blue Lights. I also kept watching Rise and Fall. Did anybody else watch uh, it? I gave up on it. I wish I gave up on it. Now I'm a little bit hooked. But anyway, nothing really to report. Still don't really like any of them. Maybe slightly a bit more than I did the last time we spoke. Um, but now I feel like I'm kind of bought in. But I kind of tend to just watch it on fast forward, you know, to <laughs> the key bits. And so I don't know if I can give a true review, but there you go. Succession. Yeah. Can't really talk to either of you about it, can I? Because ha have you seen more episodes? No, no, just that one. Alex. So we're, yeah. we're in, in pace. Great, it's back, but like it's like the exact same stuff all over again, isn't yeah. it? But I know what you were talking about that sort of moment between Shiv and um, what Tom that you mentioned last week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we won't give anything away, but uh, yeah, it's great, it's back. My god, it's so quick fire, it's just such great TV. Sometimes I feel like I need to rewind it back and watch it again, you know, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> And other than that, I started Yellow Jackets, Alex. Yeah, I've seen two or three episodes already because I really like it. And I'm going to try and 
me and Stephen have like swapped it's role reversal this week I'm trying to blitz something yeah. and he was trying to watch something at a normal pace didn't work out anyway so <laughs> I probably won't blitz it either but I'm going to try and get through it kind of quickly because yes really enjoying it and I wouldn't say that's normally a thing that would appeal to me that kind of horror sort of um, I don't know teen horror teen drama thing yeah. um, but really enjoying it and like the cast is unreal as well so uh yeah. yeah. All good. Okay. Right. Well, that's what we've all been watching. We hope that you've been enjoying what you've been watching. If not, maybe you could take some of those tips away. Uh, right. Over to you, Alex. We're going to talk about The Power, which I was very impressed with the trailer that you sent me, but you were like, hmm. So tell us. Yeah. So The Power uh, it is an adaptation. Not the Power. Power, is it? No, The Power. Yeah, The Power. Oh, it is The Power. The definite article. The Power. The yeah. Power. Yeah, which is so. The idea is that um, all around the world, teenage girls get the ability to electrocute people. Uh, it's like a sort of dormant organ that awakens. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of literal sci-fi sense in which it it means the power. Um, but what it also means, in a kind of I suppose metaphorical philosophical sense, is like a monopoly on the capacity for violence. Um, so it is, the the book kind of tracks a turning of sort of gender norms and stuff on its head. So the book and the show has a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, the, the woman can kind of walk home, walk home alone in the dark at night and she's not worried, she's not kind of under threat. Yeah. But also she'll sort of go to the bouncer and be like, oh, smile for me or I'll electrocute you. And it kind of takes on that sort of darker mm. edge. And it's Medicine. like, uh, I, I don't want, metaphors maybe crediting it, which not crediting it, overcomplicating it, but okay. it is kind of like a metaphor for kind of patriarchy and sexism and yeah. gendered power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, that's what it's about. And it kind of tracks the the change on, on a global scale so you've got a politician in seattle that's tony collette you've got a gangster's daughter in london who is doing a very interesting london accent um but but never mind that uh, and then you've got a photojournalist in nigeria that kind of thing it's sort of tracing it from from all these different angles okay um it's not i, I quite enjoyed the book at the time when it was published um, and I've been looking forward to this for a while. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's done a great job of sort of adapting the book, which is a very, very kind of literary book, very sort of, it makes a lot of itself as a book, as prose. I don't think this has done the same job of sort of leaning into itself as television, like translating it rather than just copying it straight over. Mm. Um there's a lot of bits of it where it feels quite sort of choppy um, and almost like they've lost confidence in places. Uh, it went through quite a difficult production, some oh, yeah. of which has kind of played out in public. Um, oh, what happened? Well, know? so it was going to start filming in kind of very early 2020. Obviously didn't work for, yeah. for reasons we might remember. Um, but it ended up, sort of being delayed and delayed and delayed, actors coming and going. Um, and the sort of original 
showrunner who was one of the directors on Handmaid's Tale um, left just after filming had finished and asked that their name not be included on on the credits and things. Yeah. Um, we don't know why. We can kind of speculate. Maybe it's too easy to speculate, but um, there's definitely bits where it feels like someone in some edit room somewhere has kind of lost a bit of confidence in it, has rearranged things. Um, okay. One of the one of the kind of few male actors um, is in Ted Lasso, and he was kind of cast in this before Ted Lasso, but obviously mm. since then he's now become quite a big star. Yeah. And it feels like they've edited it a lot to sort of give him, give his character more prominence, which okay. is is a bit dodgy in uh, yeah. in in this sort of story. Yeah. But yeah, what was strange about it and kind of jumped out at me immediately, it begins with a trailer, um, almost like you know, on a sort of YouTube advert, it'll play mm. sort of a shortened version of itself in five yeah. seconds before you can skip it. Mm. It's like the television equivalent of that. Like they're worried you won't stick with it past two minutes. So Very they've strange. got, and it, and it is literally just a trailer for the show, which they've been using on sort of social media and stuff as well. Um, so Weird. yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame in that sense. Mm-hmm. So you've seen all of it, have you? I have seen six of nine episodes. Six of nine, um, it's quite long, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, Altogether, I think it covers about a third of the book. Um, okay, so there's a few more series yeah, to come if it and continues. I, I don't think that sort of pacing, that plotting has necessarily helped it. The first mm. three episodes are about 18 pages of the book. Um, yeah, and it it is it's, it's a slightly strangely constructed um, programme. And you can okay. kind of see the seams at the edges, okay. Uh, which is which is a shame. It's funny. I yeah. can't imagine that book making three series. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like it. What was what was your? Well, I didn't like the book. Well, it felt like. I mean, I think it's a young adult book more than a grown up book. <laughs> yeah. So I think I probably I read it last year. Uh, it was probably a bit late for me to come to it. I thought it was all right. I just, I think, compared to things like Handmaid's Tale and doesn't, other doesn't sort of compare. things that look at those sort of metaphorical yeah. patriarchy, power imbalance novels. Yeah, I didn't think, I thought it was a bit on the nose. I thought the metaphor was a bit clunky at times. Um, like, I didn't hate it, but I just found it a bit, not cheesy, but like, like very forceful in what it was trying to do. It's, I would say that the the television show struck me as even sort of broader in that regard. Like just mm. in case you weren't getting it, it's going to spell yeah. out a little bit further. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it probably could have stood to change itself from the book a bit more just to mm. kind of think more about how it would have fit better to television, how it would have, sure. it, it, even just in terms of actually, because this was published in 2016 and one of the big criticisms of the book since, I think a correct criticism of the book is that it doesn't sort of broaden its thinkings beyond the most sort of like cis-normative idea of gender. There's no sort of yeah. thought given to like trans people, intersex people, so on. There's a, 
bit more of that in the TV show, but in the sense that it hasn't like radically reconceptualized its worldview. It hasn't massively rewritten it. It feels like the inclusion of these trans characters has been done in 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 sort of a way that would involve minimal rewriting of the book, like sort of tokenism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sort of like where's the easiest way that we can find a space for these characters without having Mm. to meaningfully impact the narrative or anything like that which again is a shame yeah maybe it was one of those things like i'm guessing from what you're saying and i know this completely went over my head um this was quite a a big book you know so it was just that kind of get it out make the program asap and they didn't put an awful lot of thought into it when i saw the trailer i thought it looked really good and i'm really intrigued so i'd say it's worth checking out yeah um I would yeah, I'd be interested. I wouldn't go to it just on the strength of like Tony Collette's involvement because she's in it less oh. than you'd assume. Yeah. Um, she's not in the first okay. episode at all. Okay. Uh, and I think that's actually maybe part of why they included that trailer. So like, look, Tony Collette will show she up eventually. She looks like it. Yeah, she looks like she's all over it in the yeah. trailer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and in the marketing, because right, she recently came and spoke to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, and here is no. Yeah. Um, tell me, so Amazon Prime, yes, Amazon and Prime, when is it available? Uh, first three episodes on Friday, then a new episode each week through to May twelfth. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Three and followed by more. It's just like people are just like, well, what what we do that's different now in terms of releasing things. Uh, okay, that's the power. Great. Okay, so a <laughs> um, few episodes left for you to watch. So you never know. You might. Um, it has, it has improved slightly as it's gone along. Or maybe I've okay. just become more used to it. <laughs> okay. Or more forgiving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks for that. Right, Stephen, back to the future with you. You're going to tell us about our friends in the North. Yeah. So friend, Our Friends in the North is a nine-part series that's available to watch on BritBox. It came out in 1996. Imagine that. Were you alive? I was not. But... Oh, my good God. Um, two years later, I was. Okay, I was. The, the funny thing is, it's, so the the show itself charts thirty one years of history. So it looks at the lives of four friends of four people who know each other, not necessarily all friends, mm. from nineteen sixty four to nineteen ninety five. So. In the time since it's come out, nearly as much time has passed yeah. as what's been what is covered in the show, mm-hmm. um, which is strange because it still feels fairly modern. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a historical, well, a recent hist- history drama that follows the changing society, economy, I guess to some extent, gender norms in the north of England, but also London mm-hmm. from, and the UK as a whole, I guess, from 64 to 95. Um, basically looking at how northern decline was brought on by certain policies from certain um, politicians and parties over the decades. Um, it's, got an, it's got an amazing cast. You've got Christopher Eccleston, um, who... I mean, most people will know he's fairly outspoken politically. Um, I think he called the, the the Queen an idiot lord in her... Parasite hat? Idiot hat. Yeah. 
Para, para, yeah, Parasite Lord in her idiot heart or something, um, which is quite funny. Um, Mark Strong is in it. Malcolm McDowell from Clockwork Orange. He plays a London gangster. Um, Gina McKee, um, Peter Vaughan, and David Bradley, who is um, Filch in Harry Potter. Yeah, each episode is sort of a few years further ahead in time. Um, and I was watching it thinking, this is a bit like years and years, mm-hmm. but in reverse, instead of predicting what's going to happen over the next 30 years, it's looking at what happened over the last 30. Mm. And interestingly, that, that someone from years and years was involved in the show. Um, yeah, so it was directed by Simon Sellen-Jones, mm-hmm. who also was involved in years and years, as well as 1984, the mm. other dystopian film. <laughs> In some ways, it was a bit frustrating to watch because when there's an episode set during the miners' strike, you sort of know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it can be quite yeah frustrating because you, you know that all of these people that are, like, determined to make the best of it and protest and try and fight for sort of the world that they want mm. don't necessarily achieve their aims. Um, Did you find that, like, sort of the earlier ones compared to the later ones, was there a different, I don't know, perspective? Or did the earlier ones work better because it was maybe, like, more historicised or something, if that makes sense? Yeah, I... Obviously, the last episode was basically set the year it was made. So it wasn't looking back. It was more just, like this is where we are now um, and watching it, you know, nearly 30 years after the fact. I'm not sure. The last one had less of a, it wasn't really looking at, that was more focused on the characters than society. It was more like, where are we all now and how have we got here? The The earlier episodes were really, really good. I think they were all strong. But, was it um, one series, Stephen, or was there more? Yeah, it's one series, yeah. Um, I mean, they could do a reunion now, couldn't they? And they could do another series looking at 95 to uh, 2023, but I don't know that they will. Um, and also, um, two of the, the stars hated each other. Did I say Daniel Craig was in it? He did, I think. Okay, yeah, I feel like I glossed over that. Yeah, James Bond's also in it. Like, it mm-hmm. launched a lot of big names, but... Um, I believe it was Mark Strong and Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, Echo, Christopher Eccleston and Mark Strong did not like each other. Like they, they did not get on during filming. Hmm. Um, Maybe that's why there was never any more. Yeah, perhaps. But it, it, it's sort of one of the big themes that it looks at is like how to enact change. And Chris Eccleston's character basically goes through, he, he tries getting involved politically. Um, and then he tries dipping his toe into sort of Irish nationalist terrorism. And then then he sort of mellows a bit more and he tries, you know, hearts and minds. And he sort of tries every sort of different way of getting engaged. Uh, and then you have other characters that have been like lifelong politicians and then they sort of see all of the work come to nothing. And mm-hmm. it's... It sort of asks the question of like, what's the point? Um, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, is it 
is it all futile or maybe we should just not worry about it and just, you know, get on with the hand we've been dealt. Um, but yeah, a really, I mean, in, in some ways, just a good history lesson. Like yeah. if you want to sort of understand more about, you know, the disparities between London and um, the north of the country, yeah. it, it sort of brings that to the fore. Yeah, and I guess coming from a normal person's point of view, as opposed to like a politician or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's it's how it affected everyday people, as it were. And where did you watch it, Stephen? Britbox. Britbox, yeah. And how many episodes? Nine. And generally, yes, recommend. Yeah, the, it, it, it would have to be your kind of thing, though. Mm. So the first episode, I think, is like 70 minutes. Most episodes are between an hour and an hour and a quarter. All right. And it is just like northeast, Hawaiian shite man, sort <laughs> of like gritty, sometimes quite dry drama. Okay. So I think if you're not enjoying it after the first episode because of those things, yeah, that is what the show is. Yeah. So. It, it's probably an acquired taste in some ways. You have to be sort of interested in yeah. those issues. Okay. Okay, sounds intriguing and interesting and probably the oldest Back to the Future we've done. Yeah. I think it might be, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, um, yeah. I finished Years and Years this week, by the way, which you guys oh, put good. me on to. And um, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. And my God, the amount of stuff in it that was like a prediction what did you think of episode four? The ending of episode four with oh, the, the shocker. Of it was oh. so bad. I, I'm no real. Okay, no one's gonna. If you're gonna watch people, spoiler alert. That was really powerful. I thought, considering the state we're in today and everything that's happening today, so much of the stuff in it is so current. It's mind-bogglingly it does descend into a bit of sci-fi crack at the end if you ask me yeah. you know it kind of goes yeah, off in a end, yeah. bit of a tangent but you know it starts as a family drama ends as a sci-fi <laughs> but yeah I really enjoyed it and um, I just spent most of it going I can't believe how much of this is actually happening or has happened down to the down to a point where there, there's a throwaway reference in one of the last episodes about monkey flu or or something to do with something coming out of China, like a, an illness coming out of China. Yeah. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this man is a is some sort of a soothsayer or something. But um, yeah, no, it was excellent. Really excellent. I totally missed that the first time around. So there you go. Bringing old TV to, I was going to say new people, old people. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for joining us again this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. You can sign up for our wonderful weekly TV newsletter by going to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletters. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. Or maybe just like tell your mom or whatever if she likes TV. Uh, we'd be back again next week with more Screen Babble. Bye. Bye. Bye.